And welcome back to Alec Mappa Hot Mess with Matthew Dempsey's Psychotherapist, the podcast that's going to save the world one hot mess at a time. I'm Alec Mappa. I'm an actor and comedian, and I'm aging as we speak. <laughs> you look beautiful. And I'm Matthew Dempsey. I'm a multicultural counselor and psychotherapist. So uh, we're talking about aging today. Yes, we are. Yes. And actually, right before we even started our conversation today, you told me that you thought I was much older than I actually am. I know. Am. And you much were really older. hurt by that. You were really hurt. I could see that you were insulted by that. I, w- I was not hurt. You weren't hurt? No, I wasn't hurt, but I was surprised. I didn't know you were going to say I looked oh. older. Well, when you said 39, I was like, oh, I didn't, I had no idea you were so young. It surprised me. How old did you, you think I was? How well, old? Just, what was you, the number? Here's, here's the thing. Matthew, we've been talking on the podcast for nearly a year now, but you and I haven't <laughs> hung out in real life. Like I want to hang well, out. Well, not life since not you. since the pandemic. We hung out in real life in real life. At oh another come time. on, no. not since we we've been were, doing the podcast. We were filming something, so and there were people yeah, around. That's true. No, it's when we're we're gonna be real real friends when we hang out and we're stoned <laughs> or drunk and are laughing. <laughs> And I get cuddled yeah. by you, like you say you do with your male friends. I've never been cuddled by Matthew Dempsey, and I want that to happen. Well, I mean, I don't know. You're pretty ageist at this point, so I'm not sure if I can like, really uh, cuddle I you in good faith. I can't be ageist. I'm, I'm, okay. <laughs> uh, this is what's happening. In July, I turn 56. But what I do every year is as soon as I turn that age, I start saying that I'm the age ahead. So I've been saying I'm 56 yeah. since I turned 55. Does that make sense? Yeah. But yeah, it's something it I've been doing I mean, I'm for turning a while. For, I'm turning 40 next year. It's a big year for me. Yeah. So it's always that, yeah. that milestone for me, that nine year mm-hmm. that I'm always like, okay, I'm the next decade. <laughs> I'm prepared right. for 40. 40s are great. The 40s are fantastic. Everything great in my life happened in the 40s. Everything. Yeah. I got married. I bought yeah. a house. I had a kid. Everything great in my life. All the major stuff that I was ready for. Yeah. They said the 40s are where you demonstrate what you know. Oh, I could see that. I could see that. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was, um, I was probably about like in my early 20s, maybe 21 or 22. And I had an older friend who was like, you know, uh, I think he was like 36, 37 at the time. And I asked him, I was like, what is, uh, what's been the best year for you so far? Like of his 37 years, what's been the best age for you so far? And he said 30. And I said, why 30? And he goes, because you finally start to get a little bit of wisdom, but you also still have your youth. Like mm-hmm. that, and that that part for him was really important for him. And I remember him saying that, and it really stuck with me that like the idea that you still need to maintain your youth in order for it to be, in order for you to be enough. And I think that's like really typical for us in, in the culture that we have because it's it's ages. There's this yeah. this youth obsession that continues. The twenties is that your extended ad- adolescence. Mm-hmm. I think the twenties, your 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 front part of your brain is still developing. Yeah. And you're, um, you know, it's all of that jazz is happening. And then something happens at 30. I really like you kind of start to get serious in terms mm-hmm. of I can't work at book soup anymore. I got to figure out what I'm going to do. <laughs> like That's everybody like you can't. It's harder to live the, your way because in your 20s, it's like anything can happen at any moment. Right. You could pick up there's still you could you know, you could uh, fly to Europe at a moment's notice and. And there's yeah. some there's a freedom to it. I think it's it there's that decade kind of encourages experimentation. Yeah. And it's yeah. also the hottest you look and but I think I looked better in my 40s than I did in my 20s just cuz I had more self-confidence. 
Yeah, well, but that's interesting though, right? The fact that there's like that conflict where you can kind of feel like, oh, you know, my four days, yes, I had more confidence, I knew who I was and that's attractive, but your visceral response is 20s is hotter, right? Where does that come from? Like why why is there such this obsession, think, would you say? I think it's just the physical thing of, of, of a young body. Right. Like I, I scroll through Instagram right now and people in their 20s look like they're so young to me. Yeah. And like yeah. when I worked pre-COVID, when I worked out at my gym, which is at a college, which, which was full of college students, the college students seem like kids to me. Yeah. They just seem so young. But I think it's about the kind of invincibility of the cellular invincibility of a young body. Yeah. That you can put true. it through so much. And, you know, you can, I mean, Jesus, you got hit by a car and you got up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm That's true. That I was story. 31, though. I don't know. I was yeah. kind of right on the verge. I don't know yeah. if I bounce back these days, but yeah. Totally. No, but that's, I mean, just the, it's obviously just kind of the way that you look, the, you know, young and youthful and sprightly and can heal quickly if you get hit by a car. But there's also such a cultural and societal element to it too, you know? And I actually kind of did a little bit of a deep dive on this um, a while back. I was curious about the cultural reasons for it. And I mean, kind of in short, mostly we didn't really have like a, we didn't have a real specific youth culture probably up until about like World War II and like the Great Depression because there was really? this increased and heightened need for younger people to step up into kind of like adult roles and be taking care of certain things. And so youth culture became more of a prominent thing. Like there, it was a specific market for um, consumerism and for capitalism no to, to hone in on. Huh. Yes. And so that happened. And then baby boomers happened. So then the youth market exploded. And then, you know, fast forward now to social media. And now social media is dominated by youth. And so the images that we're putting out there are all youth centric. So it's TikTok kind of like this evolution like of how I know. Look, it's all, but that's the thing is like all of these things are really popularized by young people who have the time, who have the means. And that's kind of what gets pushed out in terms of, in terms of imagery and also in terms of like the market itself. So it's literally as a society, literally how we value age, how we value younger mm. people. And so then that's kind of where this mm. uh, attention gets put. And so any so then as we start to move away from that specific market for ourselves, we literally start to feel like we're losing value. And that's kind of where internalized ageism comes from. Huh. Huh. Yeah. But you know what? I like myself better now every year. That's I great. love myself more. Okay, but I, was there what, what was the age for what was the age for you where you where you started to feel like uh, like you started to kind of feel a little bit of angst like I'm getting older I don't like this or started to feel nervous. When I was forty three, when I was forty three, I had a full really what was it what was happening? Crisis. Um, I uh, I hired a trainer. I went on a starvation diet. I was just uh, there was an internal sense of like I'm missing out. I'm going to miss out. Mm. Like it felt like a door was closing, like an elevator door was closing and I was rushing to, to, uh, be a part of it. Yeah. Missing out and on what? I was also, uh, I don't know. I was, I was, um, I was working with Atlantis at the time as a, a entertainer going on all those gay cruises. Yeah. The cruise And ships, I never uh -huh. kind of yeah. belonged to that club of like muscle gays. And, uh, I felt like this is my chance. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I worked out like crazy. I lost all the weight. I got snatched. And then one year at the party, I think it was like 2009. I was at a, in the middle of the ocean at a circuit party surrounded by hot guys. And I was like, I just, I heard the thought in my head. I'm not one of these guys. Right. I'm good.
Yeah. Like, I don't need to be one of these guys. Like, I'm in the middle of the party. I'm at the place where I thought I wanted to be. And I was like, mm, I'm good. And that ended it. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's telling, right? Like, even when you were talking about how you got to that certain age, which was 43 for you, where you felt like the door was closing for you to be a part of, like, the mm-hmm. it crowd. Right? And, like, mm-hmm. the it crowd is really kind of like the the height of privilege. Privilege across the board, right? Being, like you know, cis male, white, um, young, like all able-bodied, mm-hmm. like, you know, all these things. And when we realize that there's a cultural factor to that about how we've been fed this kind of like bullshit through society that tells us what the gold standard is. And in this case, obviously we're talking about youth culture and ageism. Mm-hmm. It tells us that if we're not young, then we're not as valuable, right? And so right. even just having an awareness of that then gives us a consciousness that we can start to challenge that a little bit more, but also to normalize the fact that it's, like, it's normal for us to start to feel an angst, like we're losing out on a privilege that hmm. we've had automatically, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, I don't know. There's a certain degree <laughs> of um, invisibility I've kind of been used to. Yes. I mean, culturally, sure, as a little Asian yeah. guy. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I'm kind of like, it's not the biggest loss for me as I get older. And then yeah. I was talking to my therapist. I was like, you know, well, am I still going to get laid? Am I still going to get right? And, 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 and he's like, he's like, what are you doing? What do you do? You want to go out to a bar? Do you want to do that? Do you want to go to the Abbey? And I was like, no. And he's like, well, then what are you missing out on? What will you be missing out on? You know? Yes, it's, totally. And that's the dichotomy within us, right? The, the conflict right. that can happen, too, where we want to feel like we're valuable, but we also want to make sure that we're valuing the parts of us that that's authentic and not having to, like, lean on the bullshit that that's what it is. We have to be in order to be enough. Yeah, that's what it is. I was valuing my authentic self because when I did insert myself into that world, it was like going to Universal Studios where you see a facade and then you walk behind it. It looks like a building and you walk behind it and you see all it's just balsa wood and sticks holding it up. (laughs) That to me was that community. (laughs) It was kind of like you guys are really great on the outside. There's there's a lot of messed up stuff happening here. (laughs) (laughs) Not to put too fine a point in it. Don't. Email me that I'm being, you know, I'm painting everybody with the same brush. That was just my individual experience of that. Yeah. Well, listen, yeah. um, I value our guest today and I'm so excited to have her on the program. We have yeah. the legendary um, international prostitute, the drag superstar, <laughs> Sherry Vine. And we're going to talk to her after these messages. We are really looking forward to our guest today. She's a drag legend who has been performing for over 30 years. Make sure you check her out in the Sherry Vine Variety Show on Out TV and Apple Plus Premium. It's an awesome show, and I'm in the second episode. Because we're dear friends, please welcome Sherry Vine. Yay! Yay! (laughs) I just woke up. (laughs) Good morning. Do you remember when we met? Cherry? No. I mean, oh, okay. I'm trying to remember. I mean, I knew who you were, of course, before we met. And I know that we kind of co- we clicked and became friends on a cruise that you were talking about yes. earlier, on an Atlantis yes. cruise, right? Yeah. Yes. But I don't remember if we met before that. We met at Iowa Pride. We were the two headliners <gasps> at Iowa in Pride. In Des Moines. In Des Moines, <laughs> Iowa. In it our was bathroom. Des Moines Pride. Our bathroom was a second floor of a building that just had a toilet in it in the middle of the room. 
and you had to, and the door didn't lock. So I was like, if I have to take a shit, I have to go to, I can't lock the door and I have to, and I ha- I remember like going, all right, I really have to go to the bathroom. And so I pooed, but the entire time I was thinking somebody's going to lock in. And that then, is the story of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Trauma. And, and then the song a, a, that do- you did, a toilet that the- doesn't lock where as a dressing room, that is literally my life. <laughs> and um, you performed, I did stand up, and then you sang uh, a Gaga parody, which was based on um, Bad Romance. Uh, bad Romance called I Shit My Pants. And I was like, I instantly fell in love. That was a really great year. That was a, an amazing year. I'll never forget that year because it was right before Drag Race started. And mm-hmm. that video was so big on YouTube that, I mean, I was literally booked in a different city every night for a <laughs> solid year. And after performing for almost 20 years in drag to kind of get this quote unquote overnight attention was really kind of remarkable. Um, it was really fun. Really wow. fun. And then came along Drag Race. And ended everything. No, it didn't. It did not. <laughs> <laughs> but I was listening to your conversation and it was fascinating. And I was was really excited to, to be a guest today because I was like, oh, these are things that we never talk about. I never talk about. That's what the and, show's about. And in drag. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and for someone who's older than all of you, um, I was like, oh, this will be, this is cool. I never, uh, I'm stepping out of my comfort zone. And so, yay. Yeah. Well, you totally. are. The it's elder interesting, right? Woman. Because we because we are we always talk about uh, like at this point now too. We're talking so much about kind of privilege and marginalization and all that stuff. This is this is one area where we all have privilege at one point and then move into a marginalized place. So we all benefit from talking about it, but none of us really want to like talk about it. <laughs> it's so interesting. Yeah, and I think that there's uh, certainly a different spin on aging for gay men as opposed to heterosexual men. I mean, there just is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, it's very different. And then add that dr- to drag on top of that. And when your character is, you know, the sex kitten, it's like, yeah. how long am I going to hold on to that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. On aging, what what are the major anxieties? Like for me, it's kind of like the feeling of, am I going to be excluded? Am I going to be, you know, marginalized? That's the fear for yeah. me. Yeah. Honey, absolutely. As a performer. I mean, I will just say everything that we're going to talk about today is under a huge umbrella of gratitude that I'm as old as I am because yes. I have me too. half of my friends that didn't make it to 30. So yeah. everything that we're complaining about or talking about today is under an umbrella of gratitude. Agreed. I'm yeah. thankful to be, I just turned 57, uh, um, which I usually never say out loud, but I'm like thankful for that. And like Alec, you mentioned earlier, I mean, I, am happier. I am genuinely happier today than I was when I was 27. Me mm-hmm. too. Inside and out. Totally. Yeah. I think you made a great point, Sherry, because you were talking about, uh, especially for us as gay men or in drag too, that the idea is that the reason that we can be valuable or we hang our hat up on so much of that kind of like the physical aesthetic of who we are is because we can make money off of it, right? Or because of the fact that we've 
uh, especially as gay men, can carry a lot of shame within us from growing up marginalized in that way that we project so much importance on the exterior stuff to try to give us a sense of value and that we matter. And that's kind mm-hmm. of been like our currency. So when we start to lose out on that, it feels like it's really stripping away the thing that has made us survive in life. And that's why there can be that like heightened anxiety. Yes. I mean, I was, you know, horribly bullied. So certainly like high school was the worst, most miserable time of my life. So I didn't enjoy that part. And then my Mm -hmm. 20, the college was the complete opposite. I had a good time in college. (laughs) 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 And, and, you know, it just, there's like all these kind of different stages, but I mean, I think that I look and feel better now. I mean, there's of course things I don't like, but I think that mentally, spiritually, physically, I'm in better shape. You know, I don't do drugs. I don't smoke anymore. I drink moderately. I work out every day. So all mm-hmm. of those things, uh, I certainly never did until I was 50. Mm-hmm. Mm. Are you frozen? (laughs) I thought it froze for me. (laughs) Oh my God. I was like, what did it just stop talking? (laughs) Oh my God. Here's the thing. Here's Matthew. You're 39. Matthew was 39 years old. I'm 55. And this is what it's like at 55. I'm really kind of like, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to do. Yeah. I say no to stuff. All the time. Yeah. Um, and and when I don't say no, I'm like, God damn it. What am I doing here? You know, like I, yeah. I, I get more resentful of that. And also I'm thinking about like what I'm really thinking about quality of life. What do I want the rest of my life to look like? And that means what do I need to let go of? Who do I need to forgive? What behaviors mm-hmm. and beliefs about myself do I need to unlearn? And that's all happening now. And so in a way, mm-hmm. biologically, I feel like I'm 30. Like I feel like I have a, a, a wisdom about me after going through my 20s. But I still feel like at 30, I felt like there were lots of possibilities. Mm-hmm. Like things are still possible. Things are, I mm-hmm. can still have dreams that to manifest. And, you know, it's and, you know, certainly you, Jerry, I mean, you have you're headlining your own television show now. And it's, it's dropping and it's, it's, that's terrific. There is this weird thing with drag where you're not, they, people do not assign an age to you when you're drag. Mm. Like you were talking about Matthew, like, oh, I thought, I didn't know you were 39. You know, like (laughs) you can, people, if you're out of drag, like just a man, you look at someone and you're like, hmm, how old are they? And you you know what I mean? And they, people really don't do that with drag queens. You're just kind of ageless. Hmm. Usually, um, <laughs> but what I, I like the analogy of, I feel when people are like, what's, you know, what do you like or not like about getting older? And it's like, I think of it as like an onion. And as I get older, I peel away these layers of mm-hmm. bullshit. It's like, oh my God, yes. I used to literally be the person with a flight was delayed. I was the person at the counter screaming. This, this is, you know, and now I'm like, girl, the flight's delayed. I get a coffee and I sit down and read. I'm like, there's nothing you could do about it. Why are you get yeah. upset? So you just kind of peel away these layers of like, I don't need that in my life. I don't need that person in uh-huh. my life. And I love them, but they're not, they're not bringing me joy. It's more drama, whatever. Peel it away. Peel it away. 
those things I love about getting older. And Alec, I agree. Like, I just, it's easier to say, no, I don't think it's what I'm going to do that. And, no, you know, no. diplomatically, I hope that you weren't talking about being a guest on my show, but um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I wanted to be there, but yeah, you just kind of peel away these layers. And then the, what I, the part that's the, what I find most challenging about getting older is your body starts to your body is revolting and not like gross, but like staging a coup. <laughs> like <laughs> I go, I take this boxing boot camp class and yeah. I'm 20 years older than everybody. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I can do this. And then it's like, my body's like, fuck you, bitch. No, you cannot <laughs> do this. I mean, last <laughs> night I was watching Legendary on HBO oh, and yeah. with my roommate. And I literally was just like trying to be fierce. I was like, oh, cur- <laughs> oh, I got a creak in my neck for going, oh, cur- I threw my back out speaking gay. Yeah, I threw my yeah. back out going, oh, cur- Oh, <laughs> but yeah. I remember in there the nineties. They just they just announced they just announced that the TV show. I don't know if you guys remember this because this was kind of like from when I was a kid. But it was called Legends of the Hidden Temple, and it was this kind of like physical challenge like show that was oh, on Nickelodeon. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they just announced that they're coming back with it. Um, that they're that they're revamping it, but it's going to be for adults. So basically, if you watch it as a kid, now it's your time to like be on it again. And people were just like, Nah, you missed your you missed your opportunity. My back hurts now. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird how TV is so it's just gets younger and younger. Jackie Beat and I have st- been watching Charlie's Angels, mm. like binge watching oh, yeah. Charlie's Angels. Yeah. And I, w- I Googled all of them. And you know what's fascinating? They were all 30 when they were cast in that show. Wow. Now 30 is not old, of course. But would right. CBS cast three 30-year-old women no. to play Charlie's Angels now? Yeah, probably not. No, no, they would be the moms. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they yes. would be the moms. <laughs> yeah, totally. What would, have like, you, Olivia what Newton, have you, sorry, like would Olivia oh, no, Newton-John be cast as Sandy in Greece now? Yeah. <laughs> what, you know, we're talking, we're talking a lot about, um, you know, how it can, how aging and ageism can in, get internalized and affect us, how we feel about ourselves, all that stuff. But what about how we're actually treated and the differences that you notice from interacting with other people, you know, whether socially or on apps or anything like that? Has yeah. Been, uh, you're a, on a, big difference you're on a dating app. You, you're, you, we always talk about it. Yeah. yeah. And this is, I mean, I've all, I mean, I'm very open about it. I talk about it constantly. I don't give a shit, but I, I primarily only have sex with straight identifying men and drag. Mm-hmm. And that's because that's a different type of guy that I, that's the type of guy that I'm attracted to that I can get. But now it's yeah. also like, if I'm out of drag on grinder, I, I might as well be the crypt keeper. Like, it, I could be on there for hours. I'm not going to be anybody's first choice. I'm oh, just really? not. No, come on. Yeah. They're going for like 23, 24 year olds, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and on my app, I'm the unicorn. Yeah. Did you have you noticed like have you been on, you know, uh, like on the app for a long time where you've noticed that as you've gotten older, there's been less and less. Well, my uh, profile attention? does like, not age. Shift? <laughs> I'm, okay. 40, I'm 41 on my app and I get tons yeah. of, I mean, I actually am looking for like, I like a 40 year old man, you know, like I want Wolverine. I'm not into yeah. twinks, but right. I get hit up constantly by 23, 24 year old guys like, oh my God, I want a cougar. 
And so they're kind of like, yeah, but daddy. I, I say I'm 41 and, and out of drag, <laughs> I can't pull off daddy. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, like, I right. think if you look at a 40, 50 year old gay man who just looks their age, I think there's, that's so fucking hot. Like I love mm. that. Mm. I, that's, I, I can't pull that look off out of drag. I just look like a, you know, a middle-aged sissy. Um, I'm not, I yeah. can't pull off daddy. But you have a currency. You seem to have found your sexual currency on this app. And it's kind of like, it doesn't seem like they, because they're straight identifying. They're not preoccupied with the same stuff that gay guys are. Do you think that's true? Honey, like I said, you can, Jackie Beat is on it too. And it's like, oh, it's so nice being the unicorn. I mean, they just like want to worship you and, mm -hmm. um, you know, or abuse you. I'd like that. <laughs> get a wig, bitch. I, I gotta get a wig. I gotta get a wig. I, the, the experience of that. Okay, okay, let's talk about this since we're here. Do you feel like when it's happening and you're in drag and you're having sex with somebody, do you feel like you're in a costume or does it feel like it's you having sex? Is it Sherry Vine having sex or is it you? No, it's yeah, this question. weird kind of um, gray area in between the two, I would say. I mean, I there are straight identifying men who want to bottom. And I'm like, girl, I didn't put all this on to top you. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's an absolute no. Um, and so there's but there's a lot, you know, there's you can't put all those men in one category either. There's some that are very um, comfortable with. They're like, that's what I like. You know, I'm not attracted yeah. to men, but I like uh -huh. dick or whatever. And then there's other guys that are just like, um, they just want to get their dick sucked. Like they don't want to see you naked necessarily. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. They're just like, oh, well, with you, I don't have to take you out to dinner and have a conversation. Can I come over and you're going to suck my dick? Sure. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think they like that. But um, I have met guys on there that um, I hook up with out of drag now because they're just like, I don't care. Yeah. Oh, they're, wow. They're probably like on the the bi spectrum. Look, uh -huh. I think someone needs to do a documentary about this. It is like the frontier of sexuality that has not been explored. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of interested about that actually, because, and this is in kind of in no way the exact same thing, but whenever, you know, if I'm out or I'm, you know, if I ch if chat with guys or go on dates and they know that I'm a therapist, it's this weird thing that I can sometimes tell that they get heavily interested in the therapist, Matt. And it kind of like fucks with me a little bit because I'm just like, are you here for the therapist or do you actually, are you actually interested in me? So I guess I'm curious for you, what's that like, you know, the, you know, Sherry Vine, the drag queen, as opposed to like who you are as a person, does that ever well, mind fuck for you? Well, absolutely, because I don't really... I mean, I sincere, I've spent a lot of time um, soul searching this. Not even, I shouldn't say soul searching because it wasn't that big of a deal to be perfectly honest, but I don't <laughs> need a boyfriend and I don't, I'm not saying that dismissively of like, well, mm -hmm. I don't have one, so I don't need one. I mean, I really don't. I yeah. am fulfilled by my work. I have my friends. I can get laid. Okay. I don't, yeah. if it were to happen, great. I don't need one. I'm not That's looking for one. That's a great place the, to be, by the way. Oh, totally. The thought yeah. of going on a first date, I'd rather die alone. Yeah. And I, but in my thirties, I really wanted to, to date. And so I would go out on dates, like out of drag and everything would be great. 
and I could tell they were into me or whatever. And then the minute that, oh, what do you do? Oh, I perform. Oh, what do you do? And it, well, I perform a drag. Whoosh, goodbye. Done. Wow. And I think it has changed somewhat now because of drag race. It's kind of made it like cool to be a drag queen. Mm-hmm. But right. certainly 20 years ago, it was not. Um, even in the That's gay toxic community. toxic masculinity. Totally. Even the yeah. gay men. Like they love, they, they want to play with the drag queen, but they don't want to fuck a drag queen. And so I was right. like, well, I'll have sex with straight men. <laughs> yeah. But totally. Yes. That's that. That was the that happened a lot. I want to have sex with a straight guy now, Matthew. I think that would be interesting. <laughs> I want to know what that's like. <laughs> Alec, I'm going to give you a wig I mean, I, and some lipstick. Yeah. That's all you need, honey. Okay. <laughs> That's all I need. But I haven't, like, the last time I had sex with a straight guy, it was I was, like, the object of everybody's kind of homosexual panic in um, college. Because I was petite, and I was androgynous, and the bi-curious boys would come around, and then they'd be like, oh, wow, this is really cool. But it's been a while since I've had that experience. We'll like, convert even your just, uh, like, garage. Straight guys, uh, yeah. <laughs> I loved, like, I used to be really afraid of straight guys because I was bullied by them when I, I was mean, a kid. Yeah, totally. And now totally. I have more and more friends yeah. who are straight guys who are hilarious. Like, the 2021 straight man is a different animal. Well, yes. They're and really kind of talking that. about their feelings and, yeah. I had that conversation last night because I told you I was, I'm going to, I've been taking a boxing boot camp. Well, I've walked by this place every day for, like, two years that I've lived here. And I was always like, oh, I would love to do that. I would never because I was scared of like, ugh, I don't want that toxic masculine testosterone energy. And it was my roommate, Bruce was like, let's do it together. And we went and I was like, yes, they're super straight, but they were all like the nicest fucking cool Harley Davidson riding guys. They're like, hey, good job. And like, like, just like, so cool. Yeah. And I love Where that were you when I was growing vibe. up? Where were you when I was growing up? <laughs> I wish that it was more like that. It's just like, why can't it just be like that? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, what we're talking about, it, like toxic masculinity, and especially when we're younger, I mean, just, of course, like different generations, uh, you know, obviously things are evolving, but still, even when you're younger, there's this idea of you have to be a certain way in order to be okay and whatever. I I mean, even for me, I still have that aversion. Like I've got a neighbor and, you know, I live in an LA apartment, so like paper thin walls. And I've got a neighbor who's like a young 30 something like straight guy. And he's a nice enough guy, but I hear him like hanging out and talking with his friends and just being like a bro and I just like sometimes just like shiver just because of the fact that it's just this kind of like this like you like heterosexual energy that's coming through the walls but it's normal especially for us you know getting bullied and uh, feeling less than in contrast to that it's hard it's yeah I mean I always kind of freeze up a little bit in those situations just out of a habit that won't break yeah yeah totally do you guys have any straight male friends that's my question. Totally. Yes. I don't. Yes, I do. I have one. <laughs> and it's because he's the twin brother of my gay friend. <laughs> I've, I've always had straight male friends. And I think, uh, Alec, I, uh, it was exactly like what you were saying in high school. I was kind of like the bi, you know, I had sex with a lot of guys because- mm-hmm. Like you said, it was I was kind of soft and femme and mm-hmm. safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had always had 
uh, straight friends. And now I've got plenty of male, not plenty, but I definitely have male straight friends that are very good friends that I hang out with. They come to the shows, super cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love that. I think they're more vulnerable now, straight men, than when we were growing up. There's kind of a vulnerability to them. I mean, the straight men in my in my stratosphere, yeah. they're kind of like ta- they're they're talking about their feelings. They're all therapized. There's there uh, <laughs> there's there seems to be more empathy within that culture. I'm not saying toxic masculinity is over. I mean, with that yeah. the evidence is otherwise. But I I feel like the straight men that I'm coming into contact with have a have a softer side to them now. Right. Plus, we are in Los Angeles in the entertainment industry. Right. And if you're right, straight yes. in the entertainment industry, then you better not be homophobic. You're going to have a big problem. So yeah. we're not in, right. you know, fucking um, bumfuck Missouri or something where it might be a different story with the straight men at the boxing yeah. boot camp. Right. Yeah, I think that's a good distinction to make because of the fact that like we live in a bubble. It's very kind of like, you know, city life. Um, But also, I think it is fair to say overall, there's been a shift culturally, like in our society, there's been a shift in how we're more open and we're trying to understand things a little bit more and we've got more insight. It's kind of like the Oprah effect, like she's really helped us to kind of start asking some of those questions and turn inward, which has been really great um, because it helps us understand, you know, our own internalized homophobia and internalized ageism and all that shit that can really weigh heavy on us and disconnect us from other people. But it's still there and it's something that we have to acknowledge and be able to, you know, kind of check so that we then can Mm -hmm. move through it. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think I do credit RuPaul's Drag Race with opening that door some because a lot of these straight guys have been drawn into watching Drag Race or going to a drag show because of Mm -hmm. their girlfriends and wives. And I think that that maybe they're just like, oh, this is fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you go yeah. to a drag show of, especially for McQueen that's been on RuPaul's Drag Race, the audience is, the minority is gay men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's women. And it's, so, I mean, it's just so powerful, obviously. You know, I was just actually, I, I, you know, there was that whole kind of like out on TV, like, you know, kind of five part docuseries or whatever that came out a couple of years ago. I actually only just watched it this past week. And I was like loving it. And it was so amazing and so incredible in so many ways. And one of the things that stood out to me was just talking about how much just entertainment, obviously TV and entertainment just gets to put it out there and has such an impact on culture. And especially when it can be done with humor, like it's not trying to like make a point or have a, like a real clear message on, you know, progressive. Uh, progressive, uh, being progressive, but, you know, being able to just, you know, entertain that that shifts culture so much. Yeah. And RuPaul's our age now, right? She Isn't she like late 50s? Is, how old RuPaul's is she? 60. She's she 60. She turned 60 Whoa. last year. She'll be 61 this year. I'm going to be 60 in four years. And I know that's going to go by. And I've been thinking about it a lot. And I think when I really think hmm. about it, I think that here's the thing. I don't place, um, I've never, my currency has never been sexual. I've always been the funny friend or an entertainer or comedian. So that, my currency, I've never had to be like, uh, you know, a supermodel. Uh, Joan Collins said that being Mm -hmm. a beautiful woman and aging is like slowly going broke. Because that was her mm, currency, mm-hmm. right? And right, I feel like right. my currency yeah. as a human being is as a as as a, a a partner to my husband, as a father to my son, as a friend to everybody in my community, as an activist. Like I feel like there's so many things that make me valuable, 
And yeah. and that's why I'm less freaked out about getting older. I think that if it was just about looks, yeah. then I understand the anxiety of, of men who are getting older, who are freaked out by that. Yes. I mean, yeah. I, I totally agree 100%. I mean, I think that I've established myself as a comedy queen, not a look queen. You know, I'm not one of those Instagram queens that's just only a look. Right. So <clears throat> I'm not too concerned. I do kind of think like any day now I'm going to wake up and be like, it's time to retire the sex kitten and let's move on to cougar, you know, and kind of embrace that. And, but I'm fine with that. I'm, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not scared of that. I think as I approach 60, the main thing that I think about more than how I look is how I feel like I always kind of, yeah. want, I want to treat my body as an athlete and I just want to be in shape, not just aesthetically, but I want to feel good and I want to be 80 and still be mobile, which is why I keep this up. I, uh, and right. I see like my mom who's uses a walk, she's perfectly healthy, but needs a walker and everything because she never did any kind of movement. And so I'm just mm -hmm. trying to like, preemptively battle that yeah and that's yeah. why i work so hard physically so that's the only thing that i get kind of like oh am i gonna slow down am i gonna really not be able to travel the way i do because i need more sleep or you know yeah, yeah because i didn't work out a lot Definitely. during the pandemic i've just started to work out earnestly in the past couple months and at this age you lose so much i lost so much strength so quickly i can't not exercise well matthew what's your part of this i mean you're a supermodel does you do you No, i'm not a supermodel but i mean listen like i have do you think about, i have gotten is, i've gotten attention through my life um because yeah. of how i look and you know for sex and things like that and um I'll, I'll be honest with you it there is a part of me that does get nervous about getting older and losing hmm. losing that kind of, you know, that privilege or whatever, because right. it, you know, it is easy to kind of buy into the the bullshit of that as if like that's anything that actually does make me matter. But, you know, so kind of in the ways that we're talking about self-care and ways that you can make sure that you're kind of getting ahead of things and, and taking care of yourself in real ways, whether it's physically or otherwise for me, that's why I've invested myself so much into, you know, psychotherapy because that's my passion. That's the thing that I care about. And that's and that's the thing that is an, an investment into who I am authentically, an expression of who I am authentically. So that's kind of like an investment that's worthwhile because if I'm just only investing into how I look and posting selfies all the time on, on Instagram, it's like, you know, it's like buying stock in Blockbuster. It's like, what the fuck, you know? So it's like right. you gotta invest wisely oh, I never heard it put that in way something before. meaningfully too, yeah. Buying stock in Blockbuster. That's what it is. It's an empty investment. MySpace. Okay. Yeah. We gotta exactly. wrap it up. But I just gotta I got, my thing is like I remember in the 90s, I this one night where I was getting ready to go out and I was agonizing over what to wear. And I was like, what can what am I gonna wear in order to be noticed? In order to be fuckable, in order to be desirable. Yeah. And I was like, that is like, I would never like now. At this age, I'm fearless. I go out. I talk to everybody. I, I'll insert. I'm not mm -hmm. worried about what I'm wearing. I'm not agonizing over how I look. It's just. It's just better to be. There's so much. There's so much more assets at this age, I believe. And anyway, that's me. I'm happy. I'm gonna be 56. <laughs> I <in> think. July. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think that's a beautiful way and really the only healthy way to kind of age gracefully. I mean, there's, I see men, gay men, especially my age, where I'm like, honey, you're not fooling anyone. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so it's mm -hmm. like, embrace it. What are you trying to tell me? This is an intervention, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, I think that, you know, if I see someone who is just like a handsome 50-year-old man as opposed to someone who's a 50-year-old man, but they think maybe they're presenting as 25 and it's like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like cling, so, clinging yeah. to youth, trying to cling yeah. to youth as if that's their only Yeah, currency. I mean, I say that meanwhile I'm dyeing my hair and getting Botox and everything, but <laughs> <No>. you know, <clears throat> that's because I'm not ready to invest in new headshots with white hair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, uh, it's sex, also sex yeah. with older people is better. They know what they're doing. That's what <laughs> yes, I'm finding. Skill. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what you're, I'm going to stop you. You don't know what you're doing. I'm going to, I'm going to stop you. <laughs> <laughs> there's something to be said about both, but there's something really fun about hooking up with someone that's like, oh, I've never done this before. <laughs> yes. The novelty. Let show you I'm the so ropes. curious. Yeah. Uh, let me, let's, we're going to school. <laughs> Listen, I want to talk about that at length, but we're at the end of the program and we always end the program with a hot message. And uh, given your worldly wisdom and your television star and your forthcoming about your age, what's your, what's your hot message for all of your fans today? Get the money first. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, just embrace who you are. <clears throat> Love who you are because it's going to be a lot easier than trying to be who you aren't. Mm -hmm. I yep. love it. Where can people find you on your socials? Um, Sherry Vine. Um, Instagram, Miss Sherry Vine. But if you go to SherryVine.com, it literally has links to all the socials, all the shows that are finally coming back and happening. And there's a whole new special section when you first get on my website, sherryvine.com. That's all the info and links for the Sherry Vine Variety Show premiering May 25th. Watch mm -hmm. the Sherry Vine Show. Watch Sherry yeah. Vine Live. You will, you're will. you a wonderful entertainer and a great, great friend. And thank you for being on the program today. Thank you. Yeah, I thank adore you. you. And Matthew, it's so nice to meet you. And you're going to so be nice a meeting hot you too. fucking 50-year-old man. Don't even worry. <laughs> yeah, thank don't you. even worry about it. You're going to get all the daddy action. <laughs> That's going to be nonstop. <laughs> Are you my daddy? <laughs> like nonstop. <laughs> I love you guys. Love you. Thank you, Sherry. Bye, baby. Matt. Yeah. I think you're going to get, I think I'm looking forward to you being older. I think you're just going to get better and better because you're so cool now. Like, oh, I thanks. just think you're, well, no, you're, 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 you have so much empathy and you're so educated and you're so curious about people yeah. and yeah. you take ownership in like your own stuff. So I think that yeah. the evolution of Matt Dempsey is going to be amazing as long as you don't get hit by another car uh -huh. <laughs> well thank you i take that's that is high high praise and i guess if i could fold that into my hot message for the day 
It's just to say that, you know, I was really, I was fortunate that I grew up in a household where I was loved and accepted for who I, for who I am, mm. um, even as a gay person. And so it was, uh, so I had the, the fortune of being able to feel a little bit more positively about who I am authentically and made a very active conscious choice to invest into the things that actually make me light up in a real way. And those mm -hmm. are the kind of investments that we want to, you know, that we want to give, uh, give to. Because otherwise, you know, for a lot of us, we didn't we didn't have a whole lot of support. We didn't really have a, mm -hmm. a world around us that told us it was okay to be who we are. And so it's easy for us to cling on to the exterior things as some sort of measure of our worth and our value. And of course, that's bullshit. That's not true. Um, but it can be hard to let that go. Um, but at least having a, an awareness of that um, can help us maybe, you know, center ourselves and check in on what do I want to do? What are the things that excite me? And invest into those things because those are the things that will carry you through all the ages of your life with grace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on that note, I would say don't compare your insides to people's outsides. You know? Yes. You you have yeah. no idea what anybody's going through. And I did that for years. I would compare That's my true. insides to people's outsides constantly. But I uh what you said, yeah. Um uh, piggyback because you're big. Um <laughs> find out the things that light you up. I think that's part of the journey in loving yourself is kind of like surrounding yourselves with people and situations that light you up. And I did not grow yeah. up with a lot of the support that you had. And my journey of self-love has been hard won, but it's worth it. Yeah. You're worth yeah. it. Where can we find you on your You're socials, big it. boy? You can find me at MJ Dempsey you always giggle. on Instagram, Twitter. <laughs> And Matthew J. Dempsey, <laughs> psychotherapy on Facebook. <laughs> like it never gets old. Every time I call you big boy, no. you, just, you, you oh, giggle like a little girl. It's hilarious. Now it's, now it's got like new meaning because now it's our little key, our key little banter. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at Alec Mop on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also listen to me at the RuPaul official podcast, wherever podcasts are sold. Um, if you're new to the program, download and subscribe. And if you've been listening, thank you, thank you so much. We want to hear from you. Yeah, DM you. us at Stage 29 Productions or on our Twitters. And, and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, tune in next week and we'll have more hot mess fun. Goodbye. Bye, guys. This podcast has been produced by Stage 29 Productions for entertainment purposes only. The contents of this podcast does not constitute medical or professional advice, do not reflect the opinions of this company, any of its parent companies, affiliates, subsidiaries, promotional sponsors, or advertising agencies. The views expressed by the hosts and guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. For more information, please go to stage29.tv.